There is nothing... You know, I don't care how old you get. If you talk about that subject, everybody laughs. I just proved that point to you. Some may think, oh, that's, we don't talk about that. Jesus talks very specifically about that and its uselessness in our... When we become salt, that's, that's saltless, that we don't have a taste, we don't have the ability to, to maneuver the love of Christ through our community, He literally says it's not even worth to throw on manure. Sorry. Jesus is pretty blunt. I want to take some time this morning and I want to tell you how excited I am to see you. My name is Matt and I'm a lead pastor here at Connection. And if this is your first Sunday Connection and you just saw that video, um, we're different. <laughs> okay, so, so um, I want you to take um, your worship handout that was probably handed to you by some, some awesome people at the door um, in our First Impressions team. And I want you to open this all the way up to right here in the center section. I say this um, because I want to hit this point. Some of you are, are big time prayer warriors. And, you, and if I ask you to pray about something, you will. I'm asking everybody to pray about this. Okay, It's something new that Connection is going to get. It, it just grabs my heart. I, I think this ministry is absolutely going to be incredible. So read with me. Attention college students. Now, if you're not in college, I'm still not talking to you. Okay, attention college students. If you're related to a college student, know a college student. If you're friends on Facebook with a college student. If you have a Twitter account and you follow a college student. I don't, if, you, if you understand what a college student is, go, if, if you don't, go find one. Just go find somebody that goes to college. Okay, I say that, I want to read this. Beginning this fall semester, Connection will be launching college connect groups. I don't think you heard me. Beginning this fall semester, Connection will be launching Fall College Connect groups. Almost. Beginning this fall semester, Connection will be launching College Connect groups. I told you, people, that if this is your first time, I told you we were different. Okay. Now, this should get you excited. It really, really should. I think God's Word this morning, when we look at it, is going to shake our foundation. I think that this sermon is so difficult. I, I, have you ever suggested something to God? I'm being sarcastic. Have you ever suggested something to the creator of the universe? Knower of all things? And then you told him your plans? And then you heard God laugh, right? Look at this. Connection has been seeking out college students. These, these groups will be on-campus Bible studies. On-campus means at the school somewhere. If they're not on-campus, they're going to be in an apartment that said college student lives in. Okay, This is very important. I'm super excited about this. I'm beyond super excited. Now some of you are like, well, you're just overlooking our connect groups here. No, I'm not. We should rejoice that we talked about this last week. We should rejoice when the prodigal son comes home, right? We should rejoice when something else good happens in the kingdom. So we should pray for these groups in our, in our adult Bible studies, in our youth Bible study, in connect groups. By the way, they start next week. You have to have a first Sunday of the month, then have connect groups. So this week, no connect groups, all right? So if you're interested in learning more about these college connect groups, uh, leading a group on your campus, yes, I'm, college, I'm calling college students out that have no idea about this, but if you would like to lead a group, you talk to me, 
uh, or just have questions in general, make plans to attend a meeting at Matt and Mary's house on August 9th. If you want directions, come and see me. Uh, connection people, this is a great opportunity for this church. I want you to, I want, some of you, I want you to cut out this bottom paragraph, and I want you to put it on your wall. I want you to put it on the, not in the speedometer, right next to the speedometer in your car. I want you to put it on the radio. Because here's the deal, we get in our, in our vehicles and the radio's already on. Or you, put it on something that you look at. How about this? Put it on your phone. I'm not talking about on your calendar. I'm talking about on a post-it note over the top of your phone. Hello, that'll get your attention. I live in 2016 with you. I use my phone all the time. But if I put a post-it note on the outside of my phone, guess what? I remember. Block something that you really like. I guarantee you'll, f- you'll find it. But I want you to do this in this last paragraph. As we send college missionaries... You know why I'm so excited about this? I think that God has given me this, this our church, this opportunity, and kind of me this, this vision about, hey, we got kids going off to college. I remember what it was like in college. We need connect groups in college. If you experience college or you experience life like I am, if you're an adult, you understand that college connect groups probably would have saved your and my spiritual life between the ages of 18 and 22 or 23, however long it took you. This is important. Make it a priority to pray for these young people as they lead groups to share about the love of Jesus Christ. I'm so excited about this. I, I got to tell a friend of mine last night, I was sitting beside him, and I said, he, we were talking about college, and I said, you know what, we're getting ready to launch College Connect groups. You know what the first question he asked me was? Which campuses are you going to? I've got some kids in my church going to college too. It's not about the jersey that we wear. Everybody's wearing a kingdom jersey. If he says, I love Jesus and you're a follower of him, you're on the same team. You may have a different number, but you're on the same team. See, right now we have, we have opportunities in, in Bolivar, Missouri. We have opportunities in SIUE, USI in Evansville. And Mar- did I say Maryville already? No, four. Rin Lake, Frontier. We- Pray. I'm just asking you to pray. This is exciting. This is, can you imagine? Can you imagine one time that I, maybe I, I put it in a worship handout and I'll get an email from a college student that comes back and says, uh, we started this group and it, we were terrified. But we realized that if we provided snacks or pizza, people would come. And through snacks and pizza, Triscuits, Pepper Jack, and Kool-Aid, I will show up to your group. Okay? But, but we, we reached this person that nothing else was touching, nothing else was reaching, their life seemed like it was in shambles, and they started coming to our connect group, and God changed their life, and they're now a believer, they're a follower of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine reading this? This is exciting. This is exciting because this is an opportunity for connection to send something out. Listen, you're already going cross state. Both ways. That's west, that's east. Both ways. I'm excited. I'm excited. I know. Some of you are like, too much coffee already, man. Okay, okay. We'll calm down. We're going to be in Luke chapter 14 today. Luke chapter 14, we're going to continue the parable series with Jesus. We are now going to get into... (laughs) This is the meat. This is when Jesus says, Do it or walk away. There is no in-between. And this is very difficult for us because we, as, as, as Americans or as, as, as people that go to church, sometimes we don't like conflict. We, don't like, we like to sit in the middle and avoid things. And sometimes it's easy for us to stand up for things. Sometimes it's not easy. So if it's not easy or sometimes is, you kind of 
along that fence sometime. I'm in line with you, okay? It's called being human. But how much does it cost? Some of you may have read that on the, on the sign. You may be in here this morning because you drove by our sign. I hope, I hope so. If not, you may have seen, you may have seen it um, right here for the first time. How much does it cost? I'm going to talk about some things and how much they cost or used to cost. My in-laws bought a house that today, if you moved it to Mount Vernon, would sell a neighborhood of two hundred to $250,000. But in the 70s, they bought it for 30 grand. Anybody want to rewind time with money? Keep your money now, rewind. Okay. How much does it cost? The average cost of a new vehicle, uh, depending on which Google hit list you look at, the average cost of a new vehicle in 2016, oh, $33,560. Just... If you're, you know, if you're, if you're over 30, 40, 50 years old, just remember back to what it, it costs you for your first car, um, not $33,000. Remember my aunt, or my in-laws just bought a house for 30 grand in the 70s, right? Um, the average cost of a college education, parents do not pass out on me, $40,000 if you go to a public state school. If you're thinking about going to a private or out-of-state school, you're looking at pushing 120 thousand dollars without scholarship some of you with younger kids do not hyperventilate do not use the paper bag to blow into it's okay how much does it cost jesus starts talking about uh, just these crazy opportunities and these these crazy expensive things that these these men these disciples these followers are supposed to do with their life and i don't think that we i don't think that we look at this these verses in luke very carefully enough i think we just read it and go oh yeah I, I need to do everything that jesus says to do Man, so much more than that i'm 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 excited i can't even i don't even i don't want i don't want to tell you because it's in a it's in a long term plan and some of you will just be going oh when we can do this when we can, i can't tell you just keep praying god is opening doors that one day you'll see that are swinging wide open and it is exciting we're already getting ready to go on college campuses so with the olympics coming up i love the olympics i love the olympics i love summer olympics i love winter olympics i just love olympics in general these are elite of elite athletes that literally train for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And, years. and if they run the 100, it's under 10 seconds and it's done. Think about that. Preparation for that split second. And then you see the tragedies of, of people falling or they trip or they're in the Winter Olympics. They're ice skating and they've done this routine. They've done this routine and they, the final jump and they land. And they, right? you're, talking about, you're talking about a sixteenth of an inch on, a, on the side, give or take. On, a, on an ice skate that could have went one way or the other. It's so small. So I looked into this. This scared me a little bit. If you're looking to train an Olympic athlete, you ready? Let's look what it cost. I just looked at Michael Phelps because he's won the most gold medals ever and he's from the United States. So here you go. He's a pretty awesome swimmer. If you look at him, if you look at him, Geometrically, from his waist up, he's a six foot eight person. He is a genetic mess up, what people would call a mess up. From his waist down, he's six one. Now you think about that. Six eight wingspan, six one lower torso. He has power and he has crazy leverage. He's built like a dolphin. <laughs> he's built to fly in the water. Listen to this. How much does it cost him to achieve what he's done? You ready for this? Six days a week. 
He is in a pool for six hours. Think about that. The amount, close to roughly, if you work a 40-hour week, four hours short of that, he is in a pool swimming. And some of you are like, oh, sweet. Okay, he does not get to lounge. This is not lounge time in the pool. He's not on the lazy river at Six Flags, okay? Or Holiday World. He lifts. After, okay, after he's in the pool for six hours, he lifts one hour a day. And then three different times for one hour at a time every week, three different times for an hour at a time, the only thing he does is stretch. I think about that. Some of us get down and go, oh, I got my shoes on and I am done stretching for today. Okay? An hour just to stretch, just to keep his body long. Now some of us, Want to talk about walking in a lazy river, and this is what he does. On an average, Michael Phelps swing, swims eight miles a day. Swims, not walks, not runs, not jogs, not bicycles, not drives his car. Swims eight miles a day. This is the part that I like. His caloric intake. 12,000 calories a day. Now think about that. He's not eating for seven of these hours because he is strenuously training and exerting his body. And if, I, if, you can, if you can get past the six hours a day, the stretching, the lifting, all this thing, the caloric intake. I know some of you are like, Lotta Wada Creek. Listen, he has to eat, he, he eat 12,000 good calories. That's like 17,000 gallons of green beans. It's not really, but you get my point. I'm down. I love fresh green beans, but I can't eat that many. And depending on which sport you look at in the Olympics, the average training cost to walk into the gym or recreation facility they use is between fifteen dollars and $25,000 a year. Now, what is the cost? For somebody like Michael Phelps, the reward far outweighs the cost because he's the most decorated gold medal winner in the history of the world. But how much did it cost to get him there? How much did it cost? These costs are high. They're high. I don't want to scare you, but they are nowhere near as high as what Jesus has called you and I to. Not anywhere close. Not any. Wear clothes. So if you have your worship handout, you can turn to that first, first page that it's open. You'll see some blanks. Look at the next blank on your, the first blank on your worship handout. Now, this, this is pretty easy. I just want, I want you to get into this mindset. How much does it cost to follow Jesus? No. Oh. Oh, hasn't, it hasn't cost me a dime yet. Well, first of all, that's incorrect because Jesus says, I want you to follow me with, my whole, with your whole life. So he does talk about money. He does talk about giving. He does talk about, let's just talk about today. You used a vehicle, probably, to come here. It costs gas. It costs wear and tear, maintenance on the car. It costs your time. So already you're seeing this cost adds up. But Jesus says, I want everything. But I want to ask you a question. I really like, some of you email me and you have questions. And sometimes you are beyond theologically smarter than me. And I go, oh, I'm going to need to Google that. Because I don't know. But so I enjoy the interesting questions. So I want to challenge you maybe with a couple questions that if you want to dig deeper into this, I want you to look at this. Has the cost of following Jesus changed since the first century? I just Google that later. 
Look into it. Dive into a book. But, you know, with the Bible, right beside you, dive into... Has, it, does it, has the cost changed? Did Jesus ask something of these first century people that He doesn't ask of us today? Think about that. Many of these people gave their life. Okay? They, they, they were physically hunted. Okay, this is not fun. Everybody's like, there's no action and adventure in the Bible. Well, you're not reading the right part. And these people were persecuted for their faith. Do we have it easier? Remember, I talk about this all the time. We, we live in an instant world, we, especially in America. We go up and we say, I want to number this, supersize with a sweet tea. We, we, we drive like four feet and poof, it's in a bag. If, you're, if you have running water in your house, I talked with somebody earlier, and I get, I get stuck on this, and I'm not trying to go on some different tangents. I want us to get in the right mindset. So, so often, three or four times this morning, somebody asked me, they said, how was your week? And you know what the first thing I said was? Uh, that's the wrong answer. If I said that to you this morning, I'm sorry. That's the wrong answer. I said, so to somebody I said, I said, really busy week. Now that may be the truth, but let me tell you something. I'm sorry for saying that. That wasn't the right answer. The fact of the matter is, I got to wake up this morning. I got to have a busy week. I got to work and get a paycheck. I got to, I got to do these things. And even if you throw in the, the fun stuff that I got to do, like introduce my girls to Malone State Fair Taffy. Yeah. Lydia didn't like it. Pray for her. Okay, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. More for me and him. So, we, we, we look at what, what does it cost? And so many times we say, oh, it's negative, it's negative, it's negative, it's negative. No, it's not. No, it's not. Your, your reward as a follower of Jesus, you have no idea. You can't even imagine the rewards that we get. But often, we say, oh, the cost is too much. Ah, is it easy? Is it convenient? Will it be convenient for connection? Because some of you, and I'm not, I'm, not putting, I'm not putting you down, it's just a matter of fact, some of you won't have a whole lot of touching with the college connect groups. You, 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 won't, have, you won't have that. Is it, so it's, it's, it's convenient for you. Other people that work, other people that teach connect groups, or if you, if you make plans to go to a connect group, listen, the convenience factor goes out the window. Is it easy to do the things that God's called us to do? If you've been a part of our church for the last nine years, you know that, that, you know that answer. It's not always easy. Is it worth it? Yes. Guaranteed. Why? Because God's good. He's a good, good father. I love that song. You've never heard that song before? Just go home, put it on YouTube, push repeat, and turn it up. Because some days you need to hear that. What does it cost? God, it's costing me a lot. And all you're going to hear on the radio is, I'm a good, good father. I can't not be. I love you. It's worth it. So what is the cost? Let's look in verse, in verse 25 of 14, and I'm going to read several verses, and then we're going to go back, and we're going to check them out. But in verse 25, it starts like this. It says, A large crowd was following Jesus. He's a rock star, people. He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, some of the sharpest words you will ever read. This is to you, by the way, and me. We're followers. If you seek to follow Jesus, this is you. He says, You must hate everyone else, your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers, and your sisters. Yes, even your own 
life. Wow, some of you came in this morning and go, oh, wow, what a joyful sermon. I have to hate my family. We're going to get to this in a minute. Look at, look at verse 27. Or, I'm sorry, he goes on. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. In verse 27, And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. This is Jesus is very intelligent. You know why? Because He's perfect. He's God's Son. He's very intelligent, but He puts this into something that they can see. But you don't begin until you've counted the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? I read this. <laughs> Joke to yourself at home, but you can't say anything about the government in, this, in these verses. Okay? Okay? Jesus is talking about being intelligent with money. Okay? We're all to our own opinion, but sometimes... I don't know. I just like Dave Ramsey a lot. Anyway... You count the cost to finish it. Look at 29. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, then everyone would laugh at you. This is all true. They would say, there's the person who started the building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against the king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000? I don't know about you. I'm not into that. If I'm the, if I'm the king of the 10,000 people, I don't... I, this is not Sparta. Anybody seen 300? My people. Okay, listen. This is not Sparta. This is intelligence. Don't take 10,000 to fight 20,000. Just on basic average, you are not in good shape. But we do things like this all the time. We do things in our life that is stacked against us and we say, nope, this is what we want to do because we want to do it and watch out, isn't it? 32. And if he can, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. You know what? I don't want to fight an enemy. I don't, I don't want to fight. No, no, no. no let's cancel it. By checkers? Okay, no fighting. 33. You cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. First world America, this will scare us. I mentioned a while ago about vehicles and costing your time. And we think, oh, I just don't have any money. I can't pay bills. And I don't do this. If you have running water in your house, you are, you are more wealthy than 75% of the global population. Sorry. If you have a car, if you physically have a car, vehicle, something that runs, I don't care if you made it. If you have a vehicle, you are richer, more wealthy, superficially, than 95% percent of the globe. See, that just, that's just mind-blowing. Out of the seven plus billion people we have on earth, you are in the top five percent. But we don't see it that way. So look at verse 34. Jesus says, salt is good for seasoning. Some of you agree. Some of you in your heart are going, amen. I love salt all over a ribeye. I love salt all over green bean. I love, I love salt. Why? Because it has flavor. That's what Jesus says. Salt's good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? Flavorless salt is good neither for the soil, look, nor for the manure pile. They would throw it on there to cancel out the smell. There's, there's a reason that Jesus said, He just doesn't say poop for fun on that video. This is important. They would use it. It would use the salt. It would neutralize the smell. 
And if it can't be used, it's thrown away. It's useless. Anyone who hear, or ears with hear, to hear should listen and understand. Jesus here says some of the... Sometimes I think when Jesus talks, He has like an automatic Nerf dart gun coming out of His mouth. I mean, these people cannot get away from this. He says these things that are just incredibly sharp. And some of us may read this this morning or look on the screen and read this and go, this doesn't even make sense. Jesus told me that I have to hate my family. No, He didn't. But it says, but, but, but. I'm going to translate this for you and I'm going to show you what He was really talking about. I'm going to ask you another question though before we get going. See, we, the sermon is, what does it cost? And that's a very important question. What does it cost? Maybe some of you, most of you, have a relationship with Christ. You have, you have asked Jesus Christ to come into your life. You have a relationship with Him. You are what we call a follower of Him. You're a follower of Jesus. Or a Christian, if you use a, t- a church word. What did it cost? And some of you, it's cost friendships. You don't hang out. Mary and I go back to Fayette, Missouri when we graduated college, and she will tell you that we do not call certain people, not because we do not like them, but we do not want to associate with them, and they really don't want to associate with us because we turned into, instead of the do whatever they want to do, to the, hey, I don't think we should do that anymore. People. Some of you have lost multiple friends because you follow Christ. What did it cost you? Now, the the question is, if you're you're a follower of Christ, now, I want to tell you this. It costs a lot to follow Jesus. It costs a lot. So you have to ask yourself this question. Am I willing to pay what it costs? And it's not financial. <laughs> am, I willing, am I willing to pay? Am I willing to pay? Am I willing to say, you are number one in my life? I'm willing to pay. I'll live my life for you. Look at verse 25. It says, A large crowd was following Jesus, and He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must underline these words. By comparison. He's not saying in these next words, He says hate, okay, but watch this. It says, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father, your mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Some of you are going, mute, 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 Jesus, I don't want to hear this, I don't want to hear this, this is not important, this is too hard, this is too big, I I can't do this. Hate everyone? The whole book of John is about how you love everyone. What are you saying, Jesus? And he says this, by comparison, your relationship with me should be absolutely, completely and totally number one in your life. You and I have lived what's called life a little bit. And you understand, probably in your scheme of life, how priorities get out of whack. Jesus says, "Mm mm-mm. Now, we can't sit here here and say, man, I can't do this because I'm not perfect. Jesus never one time says, you have to be perfect like me. You should imitate me. Be like me. He says, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father and your mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, this is so sharp. Otherwise, you can't be my disciple. He lists these rules. He says you can't do this. 
You love me more than this. You love me more than this. You love me more than this. You love me more than this. If you really want to get a really sharp poster look at what this is today, you must love me before your truck. You must love me before your house. You must love me more and more importantly closer than your spouse. You must love me closer and more importantly than your children. You must, you must love me ultimately over anything else. Over your relationships with your friends. Over everything. Over golf clubs. Over hunting season. Over fishing poles. I know it's, it's, hurt, it's hitting me hard now, isn't it? I love to hunt. There's nothing wrong with that. But God says, no, no, no. No, on Sunday, even during deer season, even before I was a pastor or worship leader, you'll be in church. Thankfully, I had a father that I was voluntold that to. Didn't really have a choice, but he made it look like I had one. See, this is what we care about in that verse. We only care about what we want. We sometimes often only care about voicing our opinion. You can argue with yourself at home and you always win, right? You always win. You can justify anything. You can be mad at anybody. You can do this. And sometimes we just want to say, this is what I think. And Jesus says, no, you need to submit to what I think. Keep that to yourself. (laughs) You ever feel like God just does this to your mouth? He goes, no, 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 no. If he does that, don't say it. We only care about getting what we want or saying what we want to. I told you this was sharp. So here's some more questions. How have we, I included myself, how have we acted lately? What have our words been like? What has our attitude been like? I I already apologized for something that I did this morning. I was complaining. I, I said a couple negative things about my week. Listen, I have nothing to complain about. My problems are not real problems. Busyness and a lack of sleep is not a worldwide epidemic, I'm going to die problem. It's not. And I have two children, a wife, a house, and I have food. I am exceptionally wealthy. I'm, I'm so blessed. Maybe you are too. Have you sought out to control your own happiness? I'm going to do this so I can be happy. Never one time. We talked about this not too long ago. Never one time. Never one time in the New Testament does Jesus go, you follow me, you'll be happy. No. Jesus says, you follow me, they're going to hate you. There's no, lot, there's no happiness there. They're going to hate you because you love me. Jesus is not done with the challenges. Look at verse 27. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. None of us came to church this morning dragging a hundred pound piece of wood. We didn't. We didn't come, oh, yep, just carrying my cross for Christ today. This is a metaphor. This is a complete metaphor and one these people were all too familiar with. They lived in the time of Roman crucifixion. The victim would have to carry the main cross piece to... This is just insult to injury. This is pouring the salt into the wound. Yeah, you're going to die, but we also want to humiliate you before you do. This is horrible. These people would have known exactly what this is. Jesus gave them a visual aid. Now, this would have hit home. Now, wait a minute. I don't want to carry this cross. No, cross means dying. I don't, I don't want to do that. Jesus was saying, yeah, you need to die, metaphorically, to yourself. 
Love me before everything else. Love me. Look at verse 28. But don't begin until you count the cost. Don't begin until you count the cost. This, see, this is, this is what I heard as a, young, as a young man going to church. This is what I heard. I heard one of the biggest lies the church has ever told anyone. You became a Christian. You're saved. Everything's good. No more problem. That is the biggest bold-faced lie the church can tell you. Because it's the exact opposite of what this says. It, is, it was not all, oh yeah, everything's going to be great. Now, no. eternity is going to be great. But your life is not, is not going to be easy. Just, Jesus doesn't even say you're going to be happy. You have to count the cost. Some people will never accept Christ because they think the cost is too high. I want to do what I want just for a little bit longer. Just for a little bit longer. 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 They think they're going to have this deathbed experience. We're not guaranteed that, people. They think, well, just let me do it for a little bit longer. Just a little bit. This is tough. We want to coast. Not count the cost. Think about this. This is a good thing. This is, this is something great to think about. I, I, started, I got really, really emotional when I thought about this at my house when I was studying. I want you to think about your life right now. Joys, pain, hurt, whatever you have right now in your life. Think about it. Even if you are sitting here going, oh, it's so, it's negative, it's not a good time in your life. Now I want you to think about this. It may be negative, but you have Jesus. Now watch. Now think about your life if you can remember back to where before you had Christ. Which place would you rather be? <laughs> I can guarantee you, I can tell you that. I would rather be here right now. I'm not the man I ought to be. But thank God I'm not the man that I used to be. And God's created a new person in my life. He's changed me. Jesus is saying, I want to change you. I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. I'll never tell you that I do. Because I'm a human. We have to count the cost. He goes on. For who would be, begin constructing of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? If you're going to build a house... They tell you, if you're going, to, we have construction people in here. If they say, they say, if you're going to budget for a house, make sure that you allow for extra cost. Count the cost. You, do, you don't say, well, I'm going to build, I mean, the last thing on Mary and I's mind is to build uh, this monstrosity of a house. But if we were going to try to, to do a house, first of all, she wouldn't let me dream... <laughs> She'd let me dream, but she got she got to go. Um, we're going to use an eraser on your dream a little bit. <laughs> you have to count the cost. It's in, it's you. It's using the common sense that God gave you. I just told you the average cost is thirty three thousand dollars for a new vehicle. If God's blessed you with money, and you can go write a check for one. Awesome, awesome. But the last thing that I need to do is to go look at something that's fifty. That that's that's just not in my thing. <laughs> it's not at all. That's not at all. And I don't just I don't get on this on this house thing or this this, this car thing. 
on accident. Was, we, we, we are just, in, just engulfed in, we've got to have it. We've got to have it. It's almost like Americans are addicted to not hurting. Think about that. Americans are addicted to not hurting. Look at the rise in alcoholism, smoking, drugs. Look at, look at all this. We look for all kinds of things. We're addicted to not hurting. You can't be addicted to that. Look on the news. I do it. You do it. We all do something. Oh, I feel so bad because I broke up with my girlfriend. I think Dairy Queen will help me. Or this. I started dating so-and-so. Let's celebrate. Go to Dairy Queen. This is a cycle of just psychoness. It's insanity. We're addicted to not hurting. That's why following Christ in today, in 2016, is so difficult. Look at the next blank on your worship handout. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I, I skipped it. Verse 29. Sorry, I apologize. My fault. Otherwise, you might, not, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. Yes, they would. They would. <laughs> Have people over for Connect Group. This is the foundation of our house. That's it. <laughs> just a slab of concrete. We didn't really count the cost. We just had, you know, we had like you know, fifteen thousand dollars. That's all we had. So this is, this is it. It's kind of not okay when it rains, but it's all right. See, see, they will laugh at you. Look at the next blank on the worship handout. It says this: If you choose to be a Christ follower, there will be some that do not follow you. Uh oh. Another painful moment coming up. You and I both know what it's cost you. If, it's, if you're a follower of Christ, chances are you don't hang out with people that you used to and it's hurt you because they didn't follow you and follow Christ. I have a buddy. It pains me so much. And I told him, point blank. First of all, that's, that's incorrect. It wasn't my place to tell him, Point blank, my opinion. It was to pray for him, to have the Holy Spirit convict him and talk to him. Yes, I was supposed to be an example. Yes, I was supposed to speak to him. But it hurts me because there, is some, there are some people that do not follow. There have been people that started with Connection that do not follow Connection's vision now. Okay, there's a hundred churches in Jefferson County. I don't want to push anybody out that door. None. No one. But if you... If, Listen, there's a hundred churches. People come to me. We don't think connection is going to be for us. Okay. There's a hundred churches in Jefferson County. Go find one and plug in. Some pastors say, you're insane. Why would you do that to your attendance? We have the same jersey on. What if that person goes to that church and starts another ministry that leads hundreds of people to Christ? Are you going to be selfish enough to keep them in your church? Send them out. We're sending missionaries to college campuses. Yay! Yeah, you don't understand. I go around my house and I thank God. Tears down. You're a good, good father. I played that in my house and I, and I would go play it in my truck and I would say, God, you are so good to us. I get to experience you sending out college kids. Holy smoke. I have pastor friends. That will remain completely nameless. They do not live around here. They would pay their entire church budget to have kids, youth, and young adults be willing to do that. Instead of pretend to play church, we're doing church. You are the church and we're going. But look at what it says on the end. They will not see 
that the cost is worth the gain. See, we see with these college students, we see with adults that come to our connect groups, we see it with adults that come to church and they worship and the band and the sound people and we have people teaching your children right now, wiping their poo, sharing with them, God loves you. So that's the kind of relationship that we have here. We have a family here. But it costs. It costs. Why? Because people seek instant comfort. We're addicted to not hurting. I hope that sticks in your head. You're addicted to not hurting. We all are. We're broken machines. We're broken. What they don't understand, what these people do not understand, when we follow Christ, what they do not see is this last line. They cannot see, they will not see, that the cost is worth the gain. The Apostle Paul puts it real plain. He talks to a person that can literally speak and have his, have his head just taken off. And he says, here's the deal. If I live, I get to preach to more people about Jesus. And if you don't like me and you want to cut my head off, the instant that you do that, I'm going to be with Jesus. So you pick, I don't care. We talk about boldness. You talk about counting the cost. He was giving up his entire life. Not his wallet, not his house, his life. And he says, it's worth everything. For me to die is to gain. I gain heaven. We don't see that type of persecution. I'm not going to get into end times or revelation. I'm not going to Hollywoodize anything. Is it coming? Yes. It's been coming for a long time. It started right here in the first century. And it's just continuing. And our world is not going to get any better. That's my take on it. We need to keep sharing with people who Jesus is in us. But it costs. It costs you extra time when you stop and talk to the cash register person at Kroger. It stops when you seek to go help your neighbor. It costs time. It costs money. It costs gas. It costs fuel. It costs all kinds of things. We are addicted to not hurting, so we, so we just go away from that. Look at verse 30. They would say, there's the person who started the building. Again, they're making fun of them. Started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him? What if you were the king of 10,000 warriors and you have an average age of 16? And the average age of the 20, uh, the, the 20,000 was 24. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care about the age. <laughs> 10,000 versus 20,000 doesn't make any sense to me. And I, so, I, I know some of you are like, yeah, Sparta. Okay, I know. Okay. You're like 300 per... You're like, We're going to take on the world. Okay, this physically does not make mathematical sense. But oftentimes we choose to go completely against the odds if it means that we get the piece of candy that we want, metaphorically, in this life. If we even have, if we have to go against what God says in our life, oh, I want that piece of candy. Ah, neither that. It's self-satisfaction. We're addicted to not hurting. And if you can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. Look at verse 33. Jesus ends the, he sums this up in the last three verses. He says, So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. This is not the only time in the New Testament that he says this. There's a rich young ruler that comes to Jesus. All we know is that he's rich, he's young, and he has a lot of stuff. 
And he comes to Jesus. He says, Jesus, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? He says, you must obey all the laws. This guy was a good guy. He goes, I do that. Don't we do that? We do that. God, look at me. We look at a little smart aleck grin on our face. Did you see what I just did? And God goes, yeah. And I saw the hundred other things that you need to apologize for, that you need to seek relationship healing for, and all you want to do is stand there with a smirk on your face and go, aren't I cute? We do that. You do that to a holy, loving, all-powerful God. Man, this is so hard for us. The rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, he says, I've kept all the laws. So Jesus challenges him again. He goes, okay, go home, sell everything you have, give it to the poor. And it says right after that, it says, the young man went away sad because he had lots of stuff. He wasn't willing to do it. He wasn't willing. And then Jesus goes on another parable. He says, it is easier for a camel, you know, one hump, two hump, don't care, big, to go through the eye of a needle. Is it possible? No. It's a metaphor. Jesus was saying, it's impossible for somebody that's stuck on themselves to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Because it's not about you. It has nothing to do with you other than Christ died for you. It has everything to do with Him. See, everybody comes in connection. Oh, I love your church. Listen, I hope that you love the people here. I hope that you're a family, but I hope that you understand that we don't do things for us here. We do things for Jesus Christ here. We send kids out to college, college campuses. We send people to different houses. Not for, not for us. Not to say... You got a connection shirt on today? Look at me. No. What can we share with people about Jesus today? That's why we send people out. It's a call for submission. Look at verse 34. Salt is good for seasoning. Yes, it is. I I love to smoke food. Smoke pork butts and pulled pork. I don't do anything on the grill without without salt. You know why? Because I don't think it tastes very good. The salt is good. I have a friend that can feel his pulse in his head whenever he eats steak because he really likes salt. That's not good. Okay, but salt is good to season. And he goes on. But if it loses its flavor, you ever had a, a jar of salt in that plastic Morton container, that cardboard thing? Have you ever had that get wet? It just all globs up. And you didn't know it. Maybe you got moisture in it. And then you shake some out of your hand. It doesn't taste like anything. Nothing. If it gets wet, it just goes away. The flavor gets just gone. If it gets in a whole bunch of water, it just dissolves. Don't dissolve in this world. Don't allow yourself to be stirred up like salt and just dissipate. Don't dissolve. Don't dissolve. It says this, but if it loses its flavor, how much, or how, how do you make it salty again? You have to add more salt. To get something saltier again. You have to... If, if you say, man, I, I'm, I, I've been out of church a long time. Come and get salty. Church, church salt life. I'm going to make some new stickers. Church salt life. Look at this in verse 35. Flavorless salt is good neither for the soil. If you're a farmer, you put on nitrogen. You put on... Some dry fertilizer. You put on potash. I used to work at at an agribusiness. And I would load up the dry fertilizer. And the dust was awful. And it would get in your face. Guess what it tastes like? 
salt. This is just a great example of how we're to be useful because it goes into the soil to help the corn grow, to help the plants grow. We're to be salt in people's life to help them grow. Look at this. It's neither good for the soil nor for the manure pile. Listen, I don't mean this negatively and I do not mean this gross. You're not even... Salt that has no flavor is not even useful in throwing it on excrement. It doesn't get much more useless than that. And Jesus knew that. It's thrown away. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Don't lose your saltiness. Look at the last blank. Look at the last blank in your worship handout. We're going to end. Listen to this. How much does it cost to follow Jesus? It costs a lot. Now watch this question. How much does it cost not to? See, Jesus, Jesus talks about something in the New Testament more, more than heaven. He talks about it more than heaven. And we think, man, Jesus comes from heaven. He should talk about heaven. You know what he talks about more than heaven? He talks about the realization and the real existing place of hell. He talks about hell more than he talks about heaven. So he says this, how much does it cost to follow Jesus? Paul said, it's going to cost me my life. The disciples said the same thing. Probably, average, it's not going to cost all of us our life. But it's going to cost us friends. It may cost us some money. It may cost us some sacrifice. It may cost us this. But what does it cost not to? What does it cost not to? What does it cost not to say you're sorry to someone? Oh, sweet. We had another day of arguing. I've been there. So have you. What does it cost not to say, God, I'm just going to do this on my own today. We try it His way. What does it cost? Everything. Everything. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says this, Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Everything. Go to Kroger, clean a toilet, do a va- vacuum the, the, the carpet, mow your neighbor's yard, carry out somebody's growth. Anything that you do, do it all for the glory of God. And if you do that and you're looking for God's plan in your life, you can't miss it. It's an impossibility. God is good. He's perfect. But I want you to think about that this week. Am I addicted to not hurting? How much does it cost? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. I thank you for the people, God, that that gave of their time, their energy, their money, the wear and tear on their vehicle, the travel, the getting up a little bit earlier than they would normally on a weekend. Some of us are tired. We put that aside. Not that we're superhero people, but God, we wanted to come and we wanted to encounter you. And I thank you for your spirit being through, through this place this morning. You started before we were even here. You used the music to minister to me, to these people. You used the, the sermon in your word to reach into our hearts and to show us, God, we as Americans especially, we are addicted to not hurting. God, help us get out of our comfort zone. Help us to seek you. Whatever it costs. We love you, God. Thank you so much for what you do for us. We are blessed people. In your name we pray. Amen.